You're listening to To Succeed, Just Let Go, a podcast that'll change how you think and change your life. I'm Willie Horton and I'm a psychologist. I've been helping people change their lives since 1996. Broadcasting from the French Alps and delighted to have you along. Let's take this week's step in the right direction. Now, before I get into this week's episode, I just want to mention to you that I have at the moment a new online training program, a free online training program, a three-part video-based program with related exercise that is entitled Peace of Mind, A Brand New Life. Now, if you want to follow that training program, which lasts over the course of just a couple of days, you can click on the link on your podcast player that you're using at the moment and sign up. Very simple. You just send me your email and I'll send you all the goodies over the course of a couple of days. That's all. Now, the interesting thing, of course, is that peace of mind, being of the mind, is an inner world thing. And in this episode, I want to venture into our inner world. Very often, we think we're engaged in the real world. We think we are engaged in what's going on around us. Even when there's nothing confrontational or challenging going on around us, we actually feel that we're engaged in the ordinary stuff of everyday life. And from time to time, the extraordinary stuff that is presented to us in everyday life. For example, you might be on holidays and see a beautiful sunset, or you might be walking up the mountains around where I live and look up at the likes of Mont Blanc or some of the lesser mountains that are just as breathtaking, and they will take your breath away. But do we ever really see these things? Are we ever really engaged in the moment? Do we fully know what's going on and on in our outer world? There's an old saying that if you tell a child, look, that's a bird, the child will never see a bird again. Now, that goes back two and a half thousand years, that saying, but modern neuroscience confirms the veracity of exactly what is being said in those few words. Once we think we know something, any new exemplars of that that we actually encounter will be categorized according to what we think we know of the original of whatever we're talking about, in this case, a bird. In other words, once you've seen one bird, you've seen them all. Now, obviously, clearly that is not the case, but actually that is what is happening in our subconscious filing system and in the way in which the normal mind categorizes things. That's twice I've used that expression. We know, and we've known for quite a long time at this stage, that during the third year of our lives, amongst all the other things that we learn, we learn how to pigeonhole anything and everything so that it doesn't tax our limited processing power in our brain when we encounter something new that is similar to something that we have already pigeonholed. This is how we make our mind up in the space of four seconds in relation to any new person that we meet. 
in other words, we don't really meet any new person at all. We encounter somebody, put them in a box and react to the person that we think they are based on the box that we put them into. So in other words, if you see a beautiful sunset, actually the use of the word beautiful is a judgment of what you're seeing. In other words, you're not seeing the sunset anymore. You're seeing what you judge to be a beautiful sunset. It has already been put through the sausage machine of cognitive appraisal that we use on an everyday basis automatically to make sense of what our outer world is telling us through our five senses. We see something like that beautiful sunset. Now let's start again. We see something, a sunset, and we put it through our sausage machine and we say, oh, that's a beautiful sunset. Now, actually, what we are saying is, oh, that's like all the other beautiful sunsets that I saw before, back to the first time I saw a beautiful sunset. In other words, what we're actually seeing now in our inner world is the first sunset that we encountered, not the current one. This goes for everything, absolutely everything. Everybody that you meet, every encounter that you have, every event that takes place in your life. When you're using your mind normally, you don't see the current event. You see the first time event of something similar to what is going on now. And as a result of that, your mind is literally automatically made up. And as a result of your made up mind, you will react according to the way in which you reacted to the very first time you ever encountered an event similar to the event that you are encountering now. Does that sound complicated? Actually, it is complicated, and it's completely needlessly complicated. As our normal thinking mind jumps through the hoops, dodges around the barriers, goes through the sausage machine, and comes up with an answer to a question we didn't actually ask at all, it comes up, with something that is meaningless in the current and present moment because it comes up or what it comes up with is based on something that in my case I first encountered in the late 1950s and the early 1960s. Where is the sense in that? Now we do have five senses, actually we have more than five senses, but let's stick to the basics for a minute. We see, we feel, we hear, we smell, we taste. Indeed, most people will primarily use either one of the first two senses that I mentioned. We either see or we feel. In other words, we're visual people or we are kinesthetic people, touchy-feely people. And that's how we see the world, or that's how we feel the world, if I'm a kinesthetic person. So in other words, if somebody says to you, do you see what I mean? That's not a turn of phrase. That is actually how his cognitive appraisal sausage machine is filtering his outer world and creating his version of the outer world in his inner world. If I can give you a feel for what I'm saying, and that's not a turn of phrase either, because a touchy-feely person will actually experience the world and process what is going on and come up with the inner world version of reality of what is going on in the outer world as a result of how they feel about it or what they're feeling if you hear what i'm saying now that's obviously an auditory person somebody who experiences their world primarily through what they are hearing there aren't many of those around but that's neither here nor there the point that i'm making is that we have five senses 
And unfortunately, we will always use our default sense to make nonsense of what is going on based on the inner world originals that relate to the exemplars that we are experiencing now. In other words, we see a crow. Ah, we've seen many a crow before, seen one bird, seen them all. We're not engaged in our world at all. And obviously, if you're not engaged in your world, you're not engaged in your life, and your life is passing you by. And your life is passing you by in a way that at some point, sooner or later, you'll come to the end of the road. And like a great uncle of a client of mine many years ago, you will lie on your deathbed and you'll say, what was that all about? Now, at least he had the wit and the awareness to realize in the 76th year of his life, as he lay on his deathbed, that he had missed out on everything. Most people are aimlessly moving through life, saying, oh my God, this day is the same as yesterday. This year is the same as last year. The upcoming New Year's resolutions will be the same as last year's New Year's resolutions and for long back, as far as I can remember. Because we live in a cocoon created by our thoughts and the way in which we use those thoughts to categorize what we're experiencing now so that we don't have to waste our precious energy on anything. Now, that's obviously not quite true. Our precious energy is held in reserve for life-threatening situations. We know that from previous conversations. And that's why, for example, if you encounter a road traffic accident, something where you encounter loss of life or threat to life, that situation will immediately have your real attention, all of your attention. That's why people who encounter situations like that will then suffer from post-traumatic stress disorder, because unlike any other situation in the humdrum of their ordinary everyday routine life, they will have given all of their attention to something that will have shocked them into taking a new psychological snapshot. And when we take psychological snapshots as adults, unlike what happens when we take them as children, an adult psychological snapshot stays top of mind, haunts our consciousness. That's what post-traumatic stress disorder is all about. But that's not what I want to talk about. I want to talk about your inner world. I want to talk about peace of mind. I want to talk about how to gain, achieve, experience, and appreciate peace of mind. I want to talk about not being annoyed, frustrated, worried, anxious, none of the above. I want to talk about not having a care in the world. Now, obviously, everything that I've just mentioned, all of those things, they are in our world pseudo experiences. They're not real experiences. They're something we think we are experiencing. Let me give you an example. A word that I haven't mentioned in this episode yet. Somebody's husband or wife or partner leaves them. So now they are alone. And they start thinking about how being alone compares to when they weren't alone. And as a result of that inner world process, as a result of thinking about the fact that they are alone, 
they transmute or transform that aloneness into loneliness. In the real world, there is no such thing as loneliness. I can tell you that comes as a shock. It actually comes as an affront to people with whom I work who thought they were lonely. It's something we do to ourselves and it eats us from the inside out. In exactly the same way, frustration, annoyance, anxiety, all the way down to stress, indeed all the way down to depression. They've nothing to do with what's going on in the real world. They are all the creation of our inner world. And very often, even when we're on the journey towards peace of mind, tranquility, all good things, flow, everything falling into your lap. Do these, um, do these phrases ring a bell in your head? Because that's what we're always talking about, because that's what this journey is all about. Even on that journey, though, people will often experience frustration and annoyance. About five years ago, not long after the online program, Psychology of Success, was launched, on one of our first Zoom conversations, actually on many of the early Zoom conversations, there was one particular program owner who, having rushed through the online program at a relatively quick pace because of where she found herself and because of the frustration she was already feeling about not getting the move in her career that she would dearly love to get. She rushed through the program and then would come on our Zooms and say, I've set my mind. I know what it'll feel like when I experience the exhilaration of getting that call or getting that email when I get that career move that my heart desires. I've set that. I've set my mind. I've set my coordinates. I use that phrase over the course of a couple of podcast episodes over the last few weeks. I've set my coordinates. Why have I not landed yet? Where's my job? And this almost became a running joke. Every second Wednesday, as we still do, we go on Zoom every second Wednesday, but every second Wednesday, this girl would turn up and we'd all look at each other and all look at her and we'd all start smiling and we'd say, ah, still impatient, still frustrated. And I used to say to her, patience is a virtue. And everybody else would say to her, follow the process. If you follow the process, what you're looking for will fall into your lap. And month after month, she would come on, she would say, I'm frustrated. I'd say, no, you only think you're frustrated. Why don't you enjoy what you're doing at the moment? She would say, I feel like I'm in the waiting room now. A number of people have said that to me over the years. I feel like I'm in the waiting room. What are you waiting for? In this case, she was waiting for something to happen that she wanted to happen that hadn't yet happened. But if she thought she was in the waiting room, she was missing all the nows while she thought she was waiting. Now, she was missing all the important nows that she would have every evening with her two young children. She was missing the important nows that she could have with her partner. Most importantly, because she thought she was in the waiting room, one has to ask, how many nows did she miss in which the opportunity 
for her career move to take place past her by because she thought she was in the waiting room. Now that's a real, that's a killer. That's a really important point. If we're waiting for something to happen, that is what is consuming our attention. It's what's consuming our mental energy. It's what's consuming our energy, full stop. If that's the case, my energy is all in our world encased in that cocoon created by our thought world. And if my energy is inward facing, how in God's name am I going to notice an opportunity? An opportunity could slap me across the face and I wouldn't feel it because of the way in which we interpret what is going on around us, as I explained to you a couple of minutes ago. But the real point I kept making to her was, okay, you've set your coordinates. In other words, you've set your mind to experience your perfect moment. And she would say, yes, why has my perfect moment not happened yet? And I would say to her, your perfect moment will only happen at the perfect moment. Otherwise, it wouldn't be a perfect moment. Now, that's obvious when you say it like that. In other words, it'll happen when it happens. And what you need to do in the meantime is enjoy the meantime. Be present in the here and now. Be there for your kids. Be there for your partner. And be there every minute of your waking day so that you spot opportunities that might be greater for you than the one to which you thought you set your mind. In the end, and in a way she would never have anticipated, a job much better than the one she thought would be the career move that would really move her forward in her career, obviously, and in her life. A much better opportunity fell into her lap when she'd stopped being frustrated, when she had stopped being worried, when she had stopped feeling anxious, when she'd stopped thinking she was in the waiting room, and when she started enjoying the moment. Obviously, enjoying the moment, again, is an inner world thing. Enjoy means I am giving myself joy. Who else can give you joy? Where else would you expect to find happiness except in your inner world? As a result of working on how you experience your inner world, I'm actually going to rephrase that because what I want to say is as a result of working on how you pay attention to the outer world, you overcome all the normal traps that are set for you by the thoughts that crowd your inner world. As a result of which you experience a different experience of here and now. Let me quote a number of online program owners on this. One particular girl who was frustrated about her business, about her little business, because she wanted her little business to be a big business, eventually said to me that she now experiences just doing what she's doing and there is no more looking forward. Now, we need to tease this one out just a little because this is a Wednesday morning, or at least it will be Wednesday morning when I publish this podcast episode. It goes out every Wednesday morning. So on a Wednesday morning, people will go into work or do whatever they're doing, meet for lunch, 
And a number of people over the years have said to me, ah, it's Wednesday lunchtime. Sure, the weekend is nearly upon us. What are they looking forward to? The weekend. And if they're looking forward to the weekend, are they present now? No, they're not. Are they enjoying themselves now? No, they're not. Are they anticipating enjoying themselves at the weekend? Yeah, probably. But when they get to the weekend, they'll probably say to themselves, oh, my God, Monday's around the corner and I have this, that and the other to do. The number of people who have said to me that they don't enjoy their Sunday evenings because they are, quote unquote, looking forward to Monday morning boggles the mind, really boggles the mind. And then you have people. And I know many of them because I've spoken with them over the years, worked with them, managed to enable them work through another particular malaise that the normal thinking mind suffers from. They come back from holidays. Now, what do they do? Plan their next holiday so there's something else to look forward to. If you're looking forward, you're not present. And if you're not present, you're missing your life. It is that simple. Now, don't get me wrong. I am not saying to you that you shouldn't anticipate your holidays, but anticipation and looking forward to the point that you are missing the here and now, they're two completely different things. You might say that I am splitting hairs. You'll know what I mean when you experience being present in the moment, experience flow in the moment. As my friend that I quoted a moment ago just said. Now that I'm experiencing flow in the moment, I'm not looking forward anymore. I'm just being. As somebody else said to me a couple of months ago, and I quoted her last week, now that I'm in flow, I realize that I don't need to change anything about me. The journey itself will enable who I am unfold to me before my very eyes. But right now, I am enough. A liberating realization, because most people are thinking that they are inadequate, that they're not enough, that all their past mistakes are going to ensure that they always continue making more future mistakes. We've talked about that before. I'll talk about that one again in a couple of weeks time. I'll take note of it in my mind now that we come back to talking about trusting oneself, because ultimately this journey is all about learning to trust yourself. Let me quote somebody else. I met this particular lady, I would say, in January or February of a particular year. It's a few years ago at this stage. She was one of the early online program owners as well. And she was in a desperate situation. Now, obviously, I'm not going into the details, but it had nothing to do with work. Desperate situations at work are the easiest of desperate situations to solve. For example, if you don't like your job, you have two choices. You can either change your mind or change your job. And by the way, the first one is actually easier than the second one. If your business is not going well, you change the way you approach how you're doing your business. In other words, you change what's going on in your head. But this lady's predicament had nothing to do with work. It had to do with her personal life. And, you know, when it comes to personal life, when it comes to relationships, when it comes to families, they are the situations where people literally convolute what is going on in their outer world and magnify it and make their inner world almost unbearable. And that's where she found herself when I met her first. Roll on 12 months. 
and she turned up on one of the Wednesday evening Zooms that I've alluded to a couple of minutes ago. And I don't remember what we were talking about, but out of the blue, in the middle of the conversation, she said, I want to tell everybody that I am experiencing absolute peace of mind. Now, as I said to you right at the beginning of this episode today, the current free online training that I have at the moment is entitled Peace of Mind, A Brand New Life. And that quote comes from her because peace of mind gave her a brand new life. Everybody stopped in their tracks on that Zoom and she explained a little bit more. She said, you'll have seen me on these Zoom calls for the last year. You'll have seen that over the last year, right up to today, I'm still sitting in the same chair, in the same room, in the same house. To the casual observer, the same circumstances. And, you know, my outer world may be similar in many respects, but my inner world has been transformed. If I had been told a year ago by Willie Horton, that in a year's time you'll still be sitting in the same place but your life will have altered unrecognizably and you will be experiencing complete peace of mind she said i would have given the guy 10 million euros as i said on that zoom obviously i undercharge for my services but anyway that is an obvious aside this lady had transformed her life she looked a million dollars in comparison to the individual when I first met her. She had transformed her life from the inside out, as we all must. Transformation doesn't come from the outside. The lady that I mentioned earlier on, the job that fell into her lap, that came from the inside, not from the outside. Because when we transform our inner world, we enable our energy flow out into the outer world and quantum physics tells us quite clearly nowadays that when that happens we send signals out into the big rippling energetic universe and we create the opportunities as a result of our messaging out into the energetic universe we create the opportunities that then fall into our lap transformation comes from inside and from inside only now people ask me how do i how do i get to that place how can i experience peace of mind People ask me, how can I get to the place where I'm not looking forward anymore? I'm actually present. How do I get to the place where I am in flow now? And as a result of that, everything is flowing. How do I get there? And the answer is, you are already there. If you'd only stop thinking that you're not. It's exactly the same as loneliness that I mentioned earlier on. And how loneliness is not a factual experience of life. Loneliness is something convoluted and created by our thinking mind. Everything that is wrong with your life is as a result of your inner world being contaminated by thought. Everything that is wrong with this world is as a result of 
people's inner worlds being contaminated by thought together. Now, we're not going to change the world today, but you can change your world right now. And it starts by seeing the bird. By looking at the next bird that you see, and to quote a very good friend of mine who was one of my very first clients and who sadly has passed on at this stage, but I'm going to quote him, one of the best quotes I've ever heard from anybody. I'm looking at the bird with fresh eyes. I'm looking at the bird as if it is a first time experience. We need to come to our senses. We need to see what is actually before our very eyes and not judge it, not even add the judgment that, oh, that's a beautiful sunset. Just experience the sunset, see it, feel it. Feel what it is like to be present in such circumstances to the extent that you actually feel the sunset. Now, I know that sounds a little odd, but people who meditate regularly, sooner or later, generally speaking, sooner, feel their being. They don't feel their breathing. They don't focus on how it feels when they breathe. The feeling of their breathing enables them to feel their being. I can't put that into everyday language because everyday language doesn't explain what is for almost everybody on this planet a never experience, something that they will never experience in their lives. They'll certainly never experience it in their lives deliberately. They might experience it by accident as a result of encountering that beautiful sunset, but they'll never experience it deliberately. We need to deliberately allow ourselves experience we're seeing, feeling, hearing, smelling, and tasting. It's a deliberate choice. That lady sitting in the same chair a year later, in the same room, in the same house, having a totally different experience of the moment, got to that point as a result of deliberately choosing to experience the reality of what she is seeing, feeling, hearing, smelling, and tasting. I'll finish this episode by quoting John Kabat-Zinn, the individual responsible for mindfulness-based stress reduction therapy at the University of Massachusetts Medical School. In Massachusetts, obviously. He tells us that meditation brings us to our senses. Need I say more? you've been listening to to succeed just let go to get involved join me in my facebook group strangely enough called to succeed just let go and for more information visit www.willie-dash.com